Well, today's the culminating sermon uh, in this season of prayer. And I want to prep your hearts for a, a, just a powerful teaching and impartation uh, on prayer. That no matter where your level is today, God's going to deepen it and raise its potential. I've known Andrew Cromwell now for uh, uh, probably about 40 years. Maybe I knew him when he was your mid-40s. So yeah, I suppose about 40 years. Uh, and um, I've seen him grow up to be a great man of God, uh, good preacher, wonderful husband and father. And he carries uh, just a heart of integrity. And uh, I've preached at his church many, many times over the years. And now it's a privilege to have him here uh, to share with us today. He's here with his wife. I know he'll introduce her in a moment. But it's a great honor to have the senior pastor of Cornelia Christian Fellowship, Hanford, Colorado, a large growing church in the valley, influencing from Fresno all the way down to Bakersfield. And uh, he's here with us today. So would you give him a new life? Welcome, please. Thank you, Pastor Dan. Good morning, church. Boy, what an honor it is to be here with you this morning, to be at New Life, and uh, to be able just to encourage you uh, a little bit. I know that you've uh, coming uh, come through a season, 21 days of, of prayer and intercession, and Pastor Dan, as he said, we're, this is the culmination, uh, you know, and, and I, I don't know where you go from a weekend with Heidi Baker, uh, so let me just lower your expectations just a little bit, okay? Uh, I'm just a simple uh, boy from Central California, uh, and, uh, and and I do believe that the the word the, the Lord has a word for you this morning. Uh, so let me lower your expectations in me, but raise your expectations in terms of what the Lord's going to do this morning, uh, because He is here to speak to each and every one of us. Uh, I, I really believe that. I, I believe that whenever we come into the house of God, whenever we turn our attention towards Him, uh, He really turns his attention towards us. He's, he's disposed towards us. He's favorably disposed towards us, what the scripture says, that he actually inclines his ear to his people. He's waiting for us to communicate with him and he desires to speak with us. And so uh, maybe you're here today for the first time. Uh, maybe, uh, maybe this is something that's new for you. Uh, the message today is gonna apply right to your life or uh, maybe you, know, you were here every single uh, meeting this weekend and on your face before God, I believe that we're just gonna go to another level as the Lord continues to, to speak to us. I wanna say thanks again to Pastor Dan for the invitation. Uh, uh, Pastor Dan, you know, 40 years, the guy, is, how old is the guy? Is the guy? He's, he's pretty old at this point. Uh, I, I see him. I see him not as a father, but as a great-grandfather, really. Um, and uh, it, it, is, it is a joy. Uh, I, I just want to give brag on your pastor for a moment because you know he's a pastor of pastors. He's a leader of leaders. Uh, and he gives so generously into the church. He loves the church at large, not just the church of new life, but the church uh, globally. And, uh, and his heart is just evident. And, and so just personally, he's been such an encouragement to me. Uh, and so I just want to say thank you to him and, and, and to the church. I want to introduce my wife, of course, uh, because she loves it when I have her stand up. This is my wife, Carrie. We've been married for 20.
23 years. We have four kids. Uh, we left them happily to come to Virginia, uh, and, uh, and so we're thrilled to be here uh, with you. Uh, it is my privilege this morning just to encourage you for the next few moments in the area of prayer and intercession. Specifically, what I want to talk to you this morning is about pushing back boundaries uh, through intercession. Uh, and the reality is, is that the Lord does in fact have territory for you to possess, territory for you to occupy. But at the same time, the enemy has a plan and a strategy to restrict your territory uh, and to make you live at a less than level than what God desires for you. Now, I know that you know this. I know that you know that prayer today uh, is so vitally important uh, in terms of our life as believers, that prayer is probably the greatest tool that we have in our arsenal uh, for cooperating with the Lord to bring his kingdom here on earth. That, that's what we do. We're actually uh, continually praying and asking, let your kingdom come, let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And so today, the age of the church is the age of prayer, and heaven is inclining its ear towards you and towards me to wait whether we will actually speak, whether we will actually engage with the Father through the tool, through the process of prayer, inviting him to work through us. I wish that it would not be necessary for us uh, to do that. I wish that the Lord simply would take over uh, and make me do all the things that he wants to do. Wouldn't it be so much easier? I think many times that's what we're waiting. We're just kind of wishing and hoping, God, would you just do the thing? to me? Would you, would you just fix me, Lord? Would you, would you just change things in my life? But oftentimes what he's waiting for us to do is for us to actually engage with him, to step into the arena of prayer, to step into the prayer room, the war room, the room of engagement, the room of invitation. Uh, and the difference maker in our lives, the difference maker in the life of every believer is truly prayer and intercession. It's, it's like the fuel that you throw onto the flame and if you don't get it on there, nothing's gonna happen. You're gonna live at a, at a low level, but when we begin to engage with the Father through intercession, then we begin to throw on the rocket fuel. This morning, I, my claim uh, is, and what I want to, to talk to you about, is this idea that intercessory prayer establishes true boundaries. And I want to make this statement, through prayer, I think they have it on the screen, through prayer, we can press the borderlines of our territory out to their God-set dimensions and claim God-given Heritage. Would you, would you read that with me? Can we read that together? Through prayer, we can press the borderlines of our territory out to their God-set dimensions and claim God-given heritage. Now, I don't reject God's borderlines. I don't reject God's order. I think it's very popular today to, we live in a culture that has this idea that our faith is trying to restrict us and trying to control us and trying to limit us. What I believe today, what I believe you should believe today is that God's 
borders, that his border lines that he builds around us are actually the best and the safest place for us to be. That what he has planned for us, if we will understand how to live within the territory that he's given us, it is a wonderful and exciting place to live. And I don't know about you, but I want everything that God has for my life. I want all of it. I don't want just a little bit of it. I want the whole thing. I want righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. I want to live as the head and not the tail. I want to have his grace follow me all the days of my life. I want to find at every turn, I want to find that he is there before me and he is leading me and he's guiding me and he's speaking to me. I want his blessing on my family. I want his blessing on my finances. That's what he has for us. But the reality is, is that very often we don't experience the fullness of the territory that God desires for us because we don't understand that we have to occupy the territory that God has given us. Now, I want to say thanks to Pastor Frank DiMazio for this message and this outline. I've adapted it this morning. And uh, if the message is really wonderful, it's because I adapted it heavily. Uh, And if it's not so wonderful, it's because, you know, Pastor Frank's not that great. Uh, And let let me just give you a couple of definitions this morning. Let me talk to you about understanding boundaries as we're beginning to define the term and what I'm talking about here. You know what a boundary is. A boundary is a line which marks the limits of an area. It's a dividing line. It's an edge or limit of something, right? I mean, we, we know what a boundary is, where something ends and another begins. When we talk about a boundary, we talk about a border, we know that a border or a boundary uh, marks that place where your territory ends and my territory begins. And it's important for us to understand what boundaries are and where there are. We have a lot of conversations these days about having healthy boundaries in relationships. I mean, Robert Frost wrote that famous poem in one of the lines he said, you know, good borders, good boundaries, uh, good fences make good neighbors. Uh, Because the idea is that you need to understand where your territory is and that is where your influence and authority is. And if you're confused about where that boundary line is, oftentimes you get into trouble. Nations go to war over boundary lines. When there is not certainty where something starts and something else begins, you end up in confusion and you end up in trouble. And so the very first thing I think that we can say is that God is the one who establishes boundaries. Now that's not just a nice idea, that's actually a concept that we find in scripture. Acts 17.26 says this, from one man he created all the nations throughout the whole earth. He decided beforehand when they should rise and fall, and he determined their boundaries. So God, from the very foundation of the world, before time, in his mind, he saw you, he knew you, and he decided where to place you. He decided for you and for me our time, our place, and our territory. He knew your parents, he knew your situation, he knew where you would be, he knew the the areas of influence you would have, the friendships that you would have, the relationships that you had, he knew all of that, and he's the one that actually decided beforehand what those boundaries would be for each of us. Now, he didn't only do that for us as individuals, he did that for nations, he does that for cities, he does that for churches, that this idea of boundary or territory is not just restricted to the individual. Deuteronomy 32 says, when the Most High gave to the nations their inheritance, when he divided mankind, he fixed the borders of the peoples according to the number of the sons of God. And so every institution and every individual has a border and a territory that God has established for us. Now, secondly, we can say this, boundaries speak of territory, 
authority, and assignment. If you're taking notes, you could also write place, power, and purpose. Boundaries speak of territory, authority, and assignment. Now, God is actually into territory. He's into physical territory. If you look at scripture, both Old and New Testament, you'll find it's a very geographical book. It's a very specific book about where things happened. Uh, And when we look at the Old Testament, we see that when the people of Israel were moving into the promised land and God was telling Moses where the promised land would be, he gave him very specific directives as to what the border was going to be of their territory. I mean, it got so specific that, uh, that he was naming uh, the, the, the markers, the seas and the borders and, and geographic areas and telling them very, in a very detailed way, this is exactly where I want you to be. I don't want you to be anywhere else. I don't want there to be confusion about what's yours and what's not yours. I'm gonna tell all of it to you. In Numbers 34, we say that. We, we see that he, he li- tells them what the north boundary is gonna be, what the south boundary is gonna be, what the east boundary is gonna be, and the west boundaries. And he's so very detailed. I love that God is a detailed God. He doesn't leave things up to accident. He actually understands and knows everything, and he has a very specific plan. And so when we talk about the borders that God has designed for you and designed for me, God knows what he's talking about, and it's not sort of a loosey-goosey thing that's based on what you want. That's sometimes what we think. We think it's based on what we want, how we want to draw the lines, but the reality is it's really what God wants and what he has decided. And what we need to understand through intercession, through prayer, is that God would begin to show us what our borders and our boundary lines are so that we wouldn't operate outside of our authority. Notice I said that, that the boundaries speak of territory, authority, and assignment. When you know what your territory is, that speaks of the place where you have authority to operate. It also speaks of the assignment that you have within that territory. When you come to my house, right, which you're welcome to come to my house, if you come to my house and you start to boss my wife or my kids, we're going to have a problem. Right, Because that's my territory, and that's the place that I have authority, and it's the place that I have a God-given mandate and assignment to lead in that place. Right? And each of us have a territory, and the territory that we have given, that God has given to us, that's the place that we also have authority to speak in and to operate in. And we have to understand when we get outside of our territory, we're getting ourselves into trouble. Right? Sometimes when we start to move outside the borders or the boundaries of the authority that God has given us and started to operate in another arena, we're going to get ourselves out of the sweet spot and get ourselves in trouble. But when we stay right where God has us, we will find that that's the place that his authority is also given to us. And when we speak, suddenly things begin to happen because that's the place that God has given us an assignment. Now, number three, the enemy, I want you to know this, that as much as God has set boundaries and he has a territory and assignment and authority for you, the truth is, is that the enemy also sets boundary lines. The enemy's plan, of course, is always to restrict us. The Lord's plan is always to bless us. The enemy's plan is always to shrink us and to pull us back from the good things that God has planned for us. The enemy is the ultimate boundary breaker, right? He's always trying to push the lines. He's always trying to push you into a corner. He's always trying to get you to give up 
the territory that God has actually assigned to you. He's trying to shrink the thing that God wants to do in you and the place that he has for you to operate because he's a liar and he's a deceiver, right? And what he's trying to do is he's always trying to get you to live at a lower and a lesser level. And the way that he works is he works through the process of slow encroachment. Imagine that the Lord gave you a territory of 5,000 acres. The enemy in his plan, his desire is to continue to push you back into a corner until you no longer have freedom in that 5,000 acres, but you just have one little tiny corner of that property, one little measly acre, and then he'll do everything that he can do to convince you that's exactly where you need to be. Because his process is a process of little by little pressing. Little by little, restricting. It's kind of like the python process, like the python that wraps around his prey, and every time they take a breath, they exhale, he let a little breath out, there goes the snake a little tighter and a little tighter, and before you know it, you can't breathe, you can't move, you don't have any freedom because you have been restricted by the spirit, uh, by the enemy, and he, de- he desires to crush you and to keep you at that level. What's so sad about that is very often we then are convinced that that's the way that it's supposed to be because we, we begin to understand that bondage and restriction is normal. We begin to live like, oh, this, this is the way that it's supposed to be because we have been restricted so long, we have been in bondage for so long that it begins to feel like it's supposed to feel that way. Let me just read this to you. The enemy, his vision is restricted, his future is determined, his power is limited, and his destiny is destruction. We know that. But in the meantime, he's going to do his very best to bring hell into your life and into my life. In the meantime, he's going to do everything that he can to push your ter- into your territory and to restrict you. Now, he does this in a, in a bunch of different ways. Uh, he begins to, to, to take territory, uh, number one, I would say by negative experiences that we've had in our life. Traumatic things that have gone on to us. Maybe something happened to us as a child or something difficult that we, that we experience and it becomes a trauma. And a trauma causes us to withdraw. And as we step back, the enemy steps in and he just kind of stands there and he waits to see if we're going to push against him. But oftentimes because of a negative experience, we've stepped into that area. We may, we think God has spoken to us to something and we begin to press in and, and we've, we've had a painful experience. We step back and we, we never want to cross that line again because it, 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 it might, that trauma might happen again, that pain might reemerge and we, we find ourselves living in limitation. Another, another way oftentimes we uh, experience limitations is because of generational sins, right? We, we've adopted patterns maybe from our parents, uh, a tendency in this way or that way to give into anger, or to give into lust or some, some uh, financial uh, sin in, in our life that, that has brought destruction to us. And what we'll find is because we have walked into this pattern and we're repeating the pattern of our fathers, sometimes even without recognizing it, what we're ending up doing is we're just giving up territory to the enemy uh, because it becomes a limiting factor in our life. Uh, how about this one? Oftentimes we're limited by an agreement with the enemy. What does that look like? Well, oftentimes what it looks like is uh, maybe you think God has spoken to you about an area of victory in your life and you begin to press into that area. Uh, and the, have you noticed that the moment you begin to press forward into the enemy's territory that all hell breaks loose? 
that pain begins to happen, that things go wrong, that the fire begins to, to, to burn around you and you start to think, maybe I was wrong. Maybe that wasn't from the Lord. And, and, and we just take a step back so that it would be less hot for just a little while. And, and, we begin to, and, and when we do that, it's almost like we're making an agreement with the enemy. As long as you won't mess with me in that way, I'll, I'll just stand over here. And what we've actually done is we've given up territory and we end up living in restriction. We are designed to press back as believers. Even as the enemy is going to push forward and to try to take our territory, our call is to constantly press back against him. Philippians 3.12 says this, not that I have already obtained all this or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Now the word press there means to press violently, to push one's way into, to pursue, to speed on as in a race. See, and at some point, you and I have to have the attitude that says, I'm gonna press. You're gonna press me, enemy, I'm gonna press against you. No, you can't have my marriage. No, you can't have my kids. No, you can't have my community. No, you can't have this city. I'm gonna press against you. I know you've got a plan. I see the evidence that's around me. I see that you're at work, but I know a greater one than you, and I know where he's headed. And so I'm going to actually tell you, enemy, you're not going to win. I'm going to occupy the territory that God has given me. And as we press, we will discover that we begin to move forward towards reestablishing the boundaries that God has for us. Let me just talk to you about reestablishing God, God designed boundaries for a few moments. How can we actually begin to take territory? The very first thing I want to tell you is this. It sounds very basic. But the very first thing that we can do to reestablish territory that God has designed for us in our life is to remove sin barriers. I mean, I can't get much basic than that, right? But let's get practical for a moment. You can, you can pray all that you want, but if you're not going to stop giving ground to the enemy, you're not going to make very much progress. And oftentimes we, we will declare and we'll claim and we'll ask, but we won't obey. And we'll, we'll wonder what's going on. Well, the Lord's waiting for us to be obedient to him. One of the greatest ways that you can give up territory to the enemy, one of the greatest sin barriers I think that exists is the sin of unforgiveness. And when you carry unforgiveness in your heart, then you will, dis, you will discover that your prayers are hindered. Actually, that's what Peter says. He says, husbands, if you got a problem with your wives, talk to the hand. Don't bother talking to me. That's what Peter says. So don't bother talking to me. Your prayers actually won't, won't even make it to me. Why? You got to talk to the woman. You got to deal with the wife, right? And you got to actually deal with the relational issue so that you remove the sin barrier that's keeping you from moving into the territory that God has for you. And, and this is what happens whenever we go before the Lord. You know it. Jesus said it this way, Mark in chapter 11. He says, when you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone forgive them now isn't that what prayer does the moment that you get into prayer God starts I don't know about you but this is what happens to me the moment I get into prayer uh, God starts talking to me about the problem that I got with my wife or the thing that I said to my kids 
or my coworkers. He starts to talk to me about the unforgiveness that I have, how I feel justified to be angry or bitter about this situation. And I'm saying, God, I just want to worship you in spirit and in truth. And he's saying, you need to deal with the thing that's in your heart, Andrew. You need to deal with the unforgiveness and you need to move on beyond it. And so we have to, first of all, forgive. And then secondly, it wasn't just those that we have to forgive who have offended us. What's interesting is that Jesus takes it further in Matthew chapter five, and he talks to us about if people have, if we have offended others. It's not only that we need to forgive, it's we're actually also responsible if we have offended others. He says, therefore, if you are offering your gift at the altar, same scenario, you're praying, you're worshiping, there remember that your brother or sister has something against you, leave your gift there in front of the altar, go and be reconciled to them. So, so this is when you've offended them. I'd like to say, you know, that's their problem. Why is that my problem? I didn't mean to offend them. I didn't try to offend them. Maybe they just got a problem. Maybe they just need to deal with it. But that's not what the scripture says. The scripture says, I got to go and deal with the issue. I have to actually go and, and, and take ownership of maybe the thing that wasn't intended. I didn't mean to do it, but because it caused offense, I'm going to go and reconcile. I'm going to go and make it right. When you begin to do that, what you'll find is you start to take territory again. You start to move forward. There's so many ways. I'll just mention a couple others. Disobedience, which I've talked about, will give territory to the enemy. Selfishness and deciding to do things your way instead of the enemy's way is a great way that the enemy loves to take territory because he's all about convincing you that you should go after the things that you want to go after, that you should follow your heart, that you should be true to yourself. I think a lot of that is garbage. I think the reality is, is, is a lot of it is selfishness and we're just trying to convince ourselves that we need to go with what we want, not what with God wants. And the reality is we better go with what he wants or we're going to be in trouble. So we got to remove sin barriers, first of all. Secondly, we got to remove satanic limitations and self-imposed boundaries. Satanic limitations are like iron bands that the enemy places around our neck or chains that, that we're carrying that restrict our movement and what the way that they happen more often than not is is they happen through a process of our agreement essentially with the enemy there's two things I'll mention in terms of satanic limitations that we need to push against one is a strongholds and the other is false beliefs and strongholds are something uh, that uh, result from repeated patterns of behavior or belief that ends up in a powerful entrenchment of the enemy. A stronghold is a repeated pattern of behavior or belief that results in a powerful entrenchment of the enemy. What I mean there is, is for example, if, if you find that you have given in to your anger uh, over and over and over again, after a while, you're no longer choosing anger, the anger is choosing you. And it's now become a stronghold. We do that with worry and fear, right? If we, we develop a, a pattern, a habit of every, every time something happens, we begin to, to allow our mind to go in the area of worry or fear. The first, I don't know, dozen, two dozen, three dozen times we do that, we're choosing that. After a while, it becomes a stronghold of the enemy because we're repeatedly giving in to sin. We're repeatedly giving in and repeating that thing over and over again. And it's like building a habit that becomes a stronghold that no longer are we able to walk free from it because now we've given keys to the enemy in that area of our life. And every time he wants to yank our chain, he's able to do it because we have given him permission by completely 
by continuing to walk in that way. Same thing with, with false beliefs. Many times false beliefs are this mixture of a little bit of truth and a little bit of falsehood, and, and it's something that the enemy sort of has whispered to us combined with something the Lord has told us, and because we have content, believed it, we're living at a less than life. We're living in a way that it's actually it's a satanic limitation because we have a false belief about the way that God operates and about who he is, about his goodness and his greatness, about his plan for our family, about the way that he wants to operate in our life. And it's time for us to say, you know what, I'm not going to give in to those things anymore. And by the power of the spirit, I'm going to be obedient to the Lord. And God, I'm asking that you would break every stronghold because you're the stronghold breaker. Lord, you're the one that sets the captives free. You're the one that opens the eyes of the blind. There's no place that you can't take. There's no territory that you can't win. God, I'm going to continue to work with you. I'm pressing against the power of the enemy. I'm pressing against the limitations that he's put on me. I'm not going to give in to them anymore. I see them for what they are, and I'm deciding to stand up and take territory. Occupy territory is the way I think about it. There's a man in, in, in my church, an elder in our church, and he told me recently, he said, Andrew, he said, my dad came to this area in 1890 and bought territory. And he said, the Lord has spoken to me that I am to occupy spiritual territory in this place. And he knows that he has a mandate from God, that there is some work that he has to do, not, not just work individually in himself, but work in the community. And he's doing that through prayer. He's doing that through intercession. He's doing that through continually standing in the gap and crying out for the, the presence of God to come into our community, to push back all of those things that are not from him. Let me just end with number three here. The third way that we can retake spiritual territory is that we resist spiritual enemies. We resist spiritual enemies. When I talk about spiritual enemies, I'm talking about uh, powers and authorities. I'm talking about those, those, those patterns uh, that, that are more than just patterns. They're the result of authority that the enemy has in particular regions or in particular families in areas. And it's time for us to resist and to press back against the plan of the enemy. There's an interesting word in the Old Testament it's found in Judges chapter 8, verse 21, and speaking of Gideon, uh, and it, it's this moment when Gideon uh, is taking out two leaders. It says this, then Zeba and Zalmunna said, rise yourself and fall upon us, for as the man is, so is his strength. And fall upon us is an interesting word that, that means to strike, to attack, to make physical impact on an object which will result in harm or death. The reason I bring this up is because I believe that as believers, we are to carry an attack attitude. Our attitude is not to be one of passivity. It's not to be one that just says, I, I came and listened to this message today and I got stirred up for a few minutes uh, and thinking that work is going to be done. But actually, what I carry is I carry a greater one inside of me through the power of the Holy Spirit, and I'm going to occupy territory. I'm going to push against the boundaries of the enemy. I'm not going to be restricted. I'm not going to be restrained according to what the enemy plans. But I have a purpose and a destiny, and I'm going to speak to the enemy. I'm going to speak to the authorities that might be over this region. I'm going to say, come down in the name of Jesus, the Lord rebuke you. There is, in fact, the kingdom of God that's coming to bear against you, and I'm going to push until I see something break and something move. James says there's something very similar in chapter 4 in the New Testament. He says, submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, 
and he will flee from you. That resist word is not a passive word. It's a word uh, of hostility. It's, a, it's literally in the Greek, be hostile towards, oppose, set yourself against. This is the idea that this is war and I'm in the battle and I'm a warrior and I'm gonna fight and I'm gonna stand and I'm gonna push back against the plans of the enemy. He's not gonna have the next generation. He's not gonna have my family. He's not gonna have my marriage. He's not gonna have my finances. I'm not gonna give in to him. He's not gonna have my thought life in the name of Jesus, I'm taking territory. I'm moving forward and I'm going to see the kingdom of God coming into this place. Very often as Christians, we like that idea. We'll sing about that thing a lot, but very often we'll leave it right there. We'll come on Sunday, and I, I, I'm just like you. I know that. I mean, sometimes I'll come on Sunday, and I get excited about what the preacher says and what the worship was, but in terms of actually taking it home and actually working it, there's a whole nother, whole nother thing that happens because I feel like something has happened, but then I got to actually go home and do something if it's actually going to result in change. I don't like that. I don't like that part. And I think very often what we, we're, we're like, uh, imagine... You were at home and an invader came into your home, began to steal all of your stuff. Well, you're gonna call the police probably. I mean, I might come up with some other ideas of what you might do, but let's just say you call the police in this example. You're gonna call the cops. Imagine the cops show up and there's a whole lot of them and they begin to surround your house and they begin to take hands and they begin to sing about the authority that they have to take the enemy, that they can take him to jail, that the judge is gonna throw the keys away, that they're gonna do all the thing. Meanwhile, the devil, the enemy is robbing you blind. It's not enough just to sing about it. It's not enough just to talk about it. It's time for us to stand and say, you know what? Enemy, here I am, and I see you, and I'm not going to give in to you. By the power of the Spirit of God, by his blood, I'm going to move forward. I'm going to take territory. I'm going to say yes to Jesus. I'm not going to give in, and I'm not going to give up until I see the fullness of what God has for me. Well, I hope that you enjoyed our sermon today. I hope that you were inspired and challenged. And maybe you have a question about something that you heard in the message today, or maybe you need prayer. We would love to take the time to pray with you and answer any questions that you might have. All you need to do is simply send us an email to online at newlife.global, and we would love to connect with you. Well, be sure to subscribe to our channel. You should see the link right over here somewhere and turn those notifications on. That way you are notified every single time we go live on YouTube. Well, God bless you. Have a wonderful week, and we'll see you on the next video. Take care.